I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker, and I'm here with you alone today, which is okay because I just came back from vacation, believe it or not. I spent a week down in Puerto Vallarta, which is on the coast, kind of close to the equator, warm and tropical. And um, that's what I want to talk about today. Here in Northern California, Sacramento in particular, for the last 20 years at least, um, all the production homes that were built were built in sort of a Mediterranean style. So they were stucco facades and they had tile roofs and, and they weren't Spanish style, but more of a Mediterranean style. And so for years, people planted um, queen palms and Mexican fan palms. And what happened is years ago, before our climate uh, took a turn towards the heat, a lot of those queen palms died in the frost during the winter. So I want to talk about how you can create a tropical garden because having come back from a tropical place where palms and orchids and all these beautiful plants grow naturally, I want to give you an idea of how to do it alternatively to get that tropical look, but using plants that survive here. Now, first, let me say that uh, along the coast on the beaches, they have what's called palapas. You might have seen them. They're little palm frond type, you know, top, little cone top um, pavilions. And a lot of clients I've, I've seen over the years bought palapa looking little pavilions for their yard, trying to create that tropical look. And they're still available. They're, um, like I said, they're palm frond tops and um, they're little shady areas that you could sit under. But having been actually there on the beach, I looked at it and I said, ah, okay, I get it. People that have traveled or been to tropical places, they want to bring it home and create their own tropical garden. So now if you're back east, um, chances are you can't grow some of the things I'm going to name. And there are also things I'm going to name that we can't grow either. But let's start with the palms. All right. Now, if you're going to use a palm in our Northern California area, um, we would use a Mexican fan palm, a dwarf variety, which is the blue Mexican fan palm, queen palms, dwarf pygmy palms. Those are the ones that I use most often. I try not to use the Mexican fan palms because they look lovely when they're small, but remember they look, they get like 70 feet tall. Have you seen pictures of Beverly Hills with the tall palms? That's what they become. So if you're going to plant them in your yard over the years, all you're going to see is a trunk, right? The palms at the top. Not only is the palm at the top, but it'll drop little seeds and those seeds will end up everywhere, kind of like privets, and you'll be picking them out. Not just you, but your neighbors as well. In high winds, those fronds blow and they have spikes on them, so they're dangerous. You have to keep them pruned up. So I would stay away from uh, Mexican fan palms unless you have quite a large property. So you can actually see the beauty of the palm from a distance. Now, queen palms, they're quite lovely. And again, they're frost tender. But since we're not getting most 
much frost, you can plant them in our area. If you get more cold, you're going to have to wrap them for the winter. And they're lovely palms that get about 25 feet high, and then the palm fronds sort of weep over. And they're, they're quite lovely. And they don't have the dropping problem that the Mexican fan palms have. The other one, the dwarf pygmy palm, I love using that because you could put it in a pot or you could plant it and it's going to get, well, it'll probably max out about five feet, maybe eight feet max in a pot. Of course, it's not going to get that high and it's not spiky. And so often I've gone to clients' homes and they've put um, these other palms. Oh my gosh, it just went out of my head. I'm going to have to get back to there. They're ancient. I use them all the time. Oh, it'll, it'll come back to me. You think I'm prepared? Think again. Anyway, okay. So you don't want to put anything spiky next to the pool. And people love to put palms by the pool. So just make sure that you're not doing that. Now, so palms are the most obvious, right, of tropical looking tree-like um, forms. Now, other plants that look tropical that actually are not are what's called philodendron. And philodendron are large leaves. They're, they're, they're kind of cut with fingers coming out, and, and they could get quite large. At another client's, they were as high as 10 feet. In my yard, they never got higher than 5 feet. But anyway, they're beautiful and tropical looking. And mind you, anything that's tropical looking needs a little bit more water than your drought-tolerant plants. So I'm not talking drought-tolerant right now. I'm talking tropicals. Okay. Um, now that's one, the formiums, which are also known as flax, they have the spear like leaves. They fit into a tropical scene and there's many different varieties and they get to different sizes. So you watch out the 10 X can get to 10 feet tall. You don't, you might not want that if you have a small yard, but the other var varieties will top off anywhere from three feet, four feet, five feet. Um, and they're beautiful and they look tropical. Some of the colors on them are fabulous. They're like rainbows. And another variety that actually do better in the sun is an Australian plant called cordyline. There are many different types of cordyline. Now, Cordyline, the red star, and something called Tobe Dazzler, these can get, oh gosh, they could get probably 15 feet and higher. Again, you're looking at a thin trunk. They look kind of Dr. Seuss-like, but they're beautiful. So if you do them in combination, don't just stick one in the middle of your yard. It'll look silly. Do groupings. I usually do two red ones, one of the variegated Tobe Dazzler, and then I have the smaller ones like Electric Flash, Electric Star, or the, the rainbow colored one. They're gorgeous and they look tropical. And in Australia, you know, where they where they're grown, the climate is much like ours. They're probably wetter there, but these do better in the sun than the flax, the formium. Except the 10X. The 10X does fine. So now we've got palms, we've got a philodendron, and we've got the cordylines for the spear-like um, habit. And now for color, one of my favorite plants is Tibicina, which is also the common name known as princess flower. Princess flower is a shrub. In Hawaii, it is uh, considered invasive, but it's absolutely gorgeous. It's evergreen and it has deep purple velvety petals. It is so beautiful. And if it's in the right place, it could also grow to be a very small tree. 
probably 18 feet high. Mine's about 12 feet high right now, and um, it's protected between the fence and the house. And again, this would have been frost tolerant, uh, intolerant, but now that we're warming up, it's a little, you know, they're not dying. So the princess flower, deep purple flowers. And if you do it in combination with canna, that's C-A-N-N-A, canna are very tropical looking. In fact, they might be tropical plants, but they do very well here. And they come in, well, one variety that I use all the time is called Tropicana because it looks tropical. And the leaves are, um, they, they've got yellow stripes on a green background with a red edge. They're gorgeous. Now, here's the thing, though, about canna. They look beautiful when they look beautiful. And when they don't, they don't. So come fall and winter, they look like they're dead. You just cut them down to the ground. They'll be up again in force. The flowers range from yellow to red to orange to orange with with um, red sparkles on it. I mean, it's just they're beautiful. But, you know, when the flowers are dead, they they don't look really nice. So you have to kind of keep keep on top of them. They spread. So don't go and buy 10 of each variety. They will spread. So you might do and they have a black variety, too, which is unbelievably beautiful. So black leaves, red flowers. The Tropicana have bright orange flowers. I had a client whose neighbor was a, uh, belongs to the daylily club. And during the winter, he gifted me with many daylilies. And of course, daylilies are completely dormant. The ones that are, the ones that are not deciduous. There, there are a few that, that stay evergreen. And he gifted me with, I don't know, like eight of them. And so I, I planted them. But when I got them, they were just dirt in a can. Well, when they came up in the spring, one was not a daylily. It was canna. And it has pink flowers, and I've never been able to get rid of it. So here I've got this beautiful drought-tolerant garden, and I've got this canna. But it's happy. It survives. So now you've got the, the canna is color. You have tibicina is color. And um, also banana grows here. Bird of paradise grows here. And giant bird of paradise grows here. Let me tell you, though, giant bird of paradise is mainly for the, for the foliage. And it could get almost 20 feet. I have some of the clients right now. And um, after a while, they just got, well, they bought the house with it and they got kind of tired of it. But it is tropical looking. And the bananas actually do produce bananas. So those are a lot of tropical plants that you can put in and that won't die. Now, when I was, when I was down in Puerto Vallarta and visiting some of the barrios, you know, I'd look at these, these houses that are, you know, they're, they're, they're not they're not expensive by any mean. You know, the people are pretty much impoverished. However, on the balconies were multiple varieties of orchids. I mean, absolutely beautiful in all different colors, weeping off their, their balconies. It was so stunning. And um, we actually can grow orchids as well. The ones outside would be called cymbidiums. And mine's been through winter and summer. But if you want to grow the other varieties, um, you're going to have to have a greenhouse for that. Now, hibiscus is another plant that people love and the nurseries love to show them when they come out, except they die in the winter here. But we do have other varieties of hibiscus that actually survive. Now, one that's the size almost of a dinner plate is, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Syracuse, I, and it's a form of 
hibiscus that's deciduous. So it'll go away completely in the winter and then come back again. They stand about three and a half feet tall and they have dinner plate size hibiscus looking flowers. They're wonderful. Now, a miniature version that's actually not a hibiscus, it's called a flowering maple or a butylon. Their flowers look like mini hibiscus, and you could get a variegated leaf variety or an evergreen. And that's another wonderful tropical-looking plant that's actually not tropical to work into your tropical garden. So now I'm, I'm giving you these particular uh, varieties. And, you know, we talked about palms and some evergreens, but you don't have to make everything a tropical looking plant because there are other plants like agapanthus. Now, agapanthus, everybody, everybody plants, every gardener loves agapanthus because it, it's a good, it behaves itself. It's evergreen and it sends up flowers a certain time of year. So you'll see lots of malls and commercial places with tons of agapanthus. I call them agapanthi because people tend to overplant them or, or commercial places do. However, there's so many new varieties of agapanthus with deep purple flowers called uh, black panther or storm cloud. They come in light bluey purple. They also come in dwarf varieties called Peter Pan's. They come in a variegated variety, and um, they are wonderful because they're evergreen. There's a reason why everybody loves to plant them, because they behave themselves. And they do multiply. Uh, the big ones do. It's called the Africanus. So agapanthus are wonderful. Also, other evergreen shrubs like pittosporum cream de mint. You can get that in dwarf variety. Pittosporum is a dwarf mock orange. And the... Um, the cream de mint has a light green and a white. So when you clump those in the foreground that stays low, and then a little further back, you have the canna that gets high, and then you have the flax and the tibicina. This is your tropical looking garden. However, it will survive through the winter, which is most important, I would say. And um, what else? And then because we are where we are, you know, there's things like geraniums. Geraniums come in every different color, and they could look tropical as well. So you'll have this whole scenario of tropical-looking plants without going to the tropics. As far as the palapas go, again, you can order these online. They're pavilions, and they need to be, um, you know, the posts need to be set. There are some, though, that are self-contained. I've seen some at the home show that there's these round palapas and they could seat about eight people and the seats are built in. So that's, that's something too. I'm not sure how long the, the palm tops, um, last, but anyway, um, if you want to create a tropical garden, that's the way to do it. There are also vines like the trumpet vine, Kempsis radicans, beautiful, except so vigorous. So you've got to have really strong support for that, and I would recommend metal. But they have these salmon-colored, tubular flowers that look um, very tropical. It also comes in an evergreen variety with purple, purple trumpet vine. And um, that would also continue the look of having a tropical garden. So... Coming back from a tropical place, I'm all about that. You can even, well, I don't know if you want to put the wildlife in there, but uh, you could do that as well. 
So it was a trend for quite a while having tropical gardens. And here, uh, so many people planted palms because of the style of the architecture of the house. Um, but that's not necessary either. If you want to have a tropical looking garden, use some of these plants that I spoke about. Also, have some fun. Put some art in there. Maybe a metal looking monkey or, you know, a gecko and and all kinds of colored bowling balls. Have fun. There's also lots of grasses, the Australian grass, Lomandra, and Lomandra Platinum Beauty. They're quite wonderful. If you have shade, the Carex Evergold and the Carex um, Everilla, which is lime green, wonderful. The ground cover I love to use is Lysmachia Numelaria Aria. Moneywort is what it's called. It spreads like crazy and it's wonderful. So you could create, no matter what size yard you have, something tropical and wonderful looking, but you need to use plants that work in your zone. So that's something that you need to, to look up. I was, um, oh, you know what? Another plant that, that, that works really well, it goes away completely in the winter and then comes back, is the alocasia, which are elephant ears. Wonderful. There's many different varieties. If it's too cold, you cannot grow them. But check your zone, because when they come out, they have these leaves, which are probably, I don't know, 18 inches long by uh, 12 inches wide. I think they're wonderful. And then another plant that's also a shade plant is called Fatsia, F-A-T-S-A-S-I-A. Fatsia is a shade plant, but it also is very tropical looking, as is the Akuba gold spot. So these are some of the shrubs that, that work really well. Now, what you'll need is a place to sit and have margaritas, <laughs> because let me tell you, in Puerto Vallarta, I think margaritas were uh, were consumed as much as water, <laughs> so I had to dry out when I got home, which wasn't too long ago, so here I am. But I wanted to bring to you how to create a tropical garden, because people love tropical gardens, and you can have one as well. And once the winter frost is done, you could bring out your pots of orchids in shady places. You, you know, you could bring out the more tender plants, and then they have to go back again. But the mainstays are the plants that I spoke about, the different palms that could be used, the tibicina, the evergreens, the flowering plants. And don't hesitate to, to put in color, Coryopsis, beautiful. Poke echinacea in there. Um, you know, the black-eyed Susans, you could poke these in. You could have a tropical, you know, what do they call that? Fusion. You could have a tropical fusion garden. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Michael is, again, um, on a job site. We're all running like absolute crazy trying to take care of everybody and get everything in. Um, oh, here's another one. Plumbago. That also in Hawaii is considered invasive. I love it. Big clumps of powder blue flowers. Um, really wonderful. And um, I use it drought tolerant. Um, I use it all the time. And you, and it's, it loses its leaves in the winter. Oh, lantana. Lantanas are great. They look tropical. They're certainly not tropical. I didn't see any where I was. But... Um, they are beautiful. You know, lantanas come in purples and pinks and rainbow colors and the orange-yellow one called radiation. 
they're fabulous and they work really well here. So that also could, you know, add, you could add that to your, to your tropical garden as well. So bird of paradise we talked about and clumping bamboo. I use it all the time. Make sure it's clumping. Make sure your variety is the height you want it to be. Alphonse Carr is what I used mainly. That'll get about 14, 15 feet high. When I need bigger, I'll use uh, Bambooza textilis gracilimus. That's going to get 20 feet high. And then there are bamboos that get even higher if you need that kind of screening. I have old hamii, and there are other varieties of clumpers that will hide things like telephone poles. So I know it's a lot of information, but you can listen to this podcast over and over again and get these plants again. And if you want to create your own tropical paradise in your backyard, replete with uh, margaritas or virgin margaritas, have at it. So it's uh, short and brief, but lots of information packed in as far as tropical gardens go. And I am Roberta Walker. You can find our website at um, diggingdeep.blueberry.net. And um, you can ask questions. You can ask me for a list of the plants that I spoke about. And I'm happy to do that. And um, help you, Michael, as well, with whatever questions you have on creating a tropical garden or any other question. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you for listening. I'm Roberta Walker, and this is Digging Deep.